episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 48. This week I catch up with Solomon Lunger. Solomon lives in Miami in Florida and is very ingrained in the uh, the Ford F100 world. And uh, he hosts a couple of really well-known Instagram pages. He's, uh, he's the host of that uh, Unibody Union. And so if you're a Unibody fan, you know Solomon's the guy who runs the page and there's a lot of uh, thousands of great photos of Unibodies on there. So he's put together a really nice Instagram page. He also runs a page called the Ford Era. So that's all F trucks, basically all F100s and F1s. And so great pages. You'll hear all about them in the episode. Um, Good to listen to. Solomon's also the host of F100 Talk, which is another podcast uh, that comes out of the States and it's part of a bit of a family that's getting put together at the moment by Ronnie Wetch. He does the C10 Talk and uh, OBS Nation. So he's got C10 Talk, OBS Talk, and you know he's branched out. They've taken over the F100 Nation podcast, and it's now called the F100 Talk. Also, they have a D100 Talk for the Dodge guys. They have a, a Bronco Talk coming up. There's quite a few. So if you're in old trucks and you know maybe. You're not a Chevy or a Ford person. Um, there's some interesting stuff on there, especially uh, I really like the D100 stuff because they, they cover a bit of the first-gen Cummins stuff, which is what I'm a big fan of. So anyway, have a bit of a listen. Check those podcasts out if you haven't already. Uh, just a bit more uh, automotive listening. Uh, I wanted to touch base on the, uh, the truck show that I'm organizing down here. I've had a few people message me recently and see where it's at. So definitely going ahead, 4th of November. Um, I've just got to lock a few more things in before I put any official stuff out, uh, but we will put together a, an official post and try and get a bit of a website going. But yeah, it'll be the 4th of November down here in Wodonga uh, on the border of Aubrey, Wodonga in Victoria. And uh, yeah, it should be really good. So look forward to some more details on that, but pencil that in. It's the That's a Thursday, and it's the Thursday before two big rod shows that are down here in Victoria. One's the Bright Rod Run, and the other one's over on the border in Yarrawonga, uh, on the on the Murray River there. So if you're uh, interested in coming down to one of those truck shows and you've never been before, maybe this is a, this is a good opportunity to come down, bring your truck down, um, and we'll check it all out. So at the moment, there's space for about 86 trucks in the Show and Shine area. So what I think we might do is once I get everything locked in, uh, we might have like a pre-registration. So if you're locked in, you're definitely coming. Uh, I think we'll, if you let me know, then I'll be able to put you in the main. There's a really, there's a really cool uh, strip where it's all under lights and right in front of all the public. So we'll try and get all the good trucks in there and, you know, it might be a first in, first served. And then there's a bit of an overflow car park that we'll run into as well. If, you know, I'd love to see 100 trucks there. I think that would be a great result. I, I really don't know. You know, we could end up with a couple of hundred. I've got no idea. So looking forward to putting all that together. Uh, lastly, I just want to uh, thank a couple more new Patreons. Um, thanks, guys. You guys really getting on board and 
and showing us some support here, which I, I truly appreciate. So uh, big shout out to Eddie Brock for jumping on board as a new Patreon and also to Josh Delaney. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate your support. You know, it doesn't have to be very much, but a little bit of a financial support, um, you know, five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or whatever you think, you know, that I'm worth or the podcast is worth. It's not really about me. It's It all gets chewed up pretty quick in, uh, in the costs of, hosting the podcast and uh, website and software and getting better equipment and, you know, eventually hopefully getting out to a few shows and, and doing some podcasts from the shows would be great too. So thanks for everyone for your support. Um, look forward to keeping putting these episodes out and uh, enjoy this episode with Solomon Lunger. Really good chat. Um, you know, Solomon and I probably could have talked for hours. He's a good talker and, uh, and so am I. So it was good fun and I hope you enjoy it. Solomon, thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate, all the way over in uh, Miami, Florida. How are you today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, kicking back, just going to enjoy some pod with you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you got a, a newborn keeping you awake at the moment. I, I messaged you and it was three in the morning and you replied straight away. I was like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, He's like, I think he's 15 or 16 days old right now. And he still doesn't have his whole, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to sleep at night routine down. But it's good. He's kind of too cute to, like, get mad at. So make the best of it. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. That's great. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we always start these podcasts off with uh, going back to, to your roots and, and what your early influences were. I mean, were, was your family, you know, you're, you're from a Jewish family. Were, were you into vehicles or was your dad or was that something that came up yourself? Uh, so my family has always been into like trucks, trucking, old vehicles. or Maybe it's not even old, um, but like my family is Hungarian. So mm -hmm. we moved over right after World War II. And my great grandfather, he was the first person to have a truck in Hungary in the like early 1900s, uh, he had a seltzer factory and it was his delivery truck. And he was the first person and he said that he used to uh, rent it out for people for their wedding. And it was a flatbed you know, truck. And he said that they would put hay in the back and they would take people from their wedding and stuff like that. Um, and when he moved over to America, I think he moved over in like 46. When he came over, he started a used car lot. So he would just, you know, go buy a bunch of old cars and have, or then, I mean, it wasn't old, but you know what I mean? Like not brand new cars. And, uh, he, that's what he did. You know, my entire life, um, I remember in his backyard, he had all the old cars that never sold. So he never scrapped them. He just kept them in the backyard. And in the eighties, he started a, uh, like a bus charter company. And, uh, so my family's big into like, you know, busing and driving a lot of, a lot of road trips. That's why I I'm so good at road trips is because like, as a kid, we would road trip everywhere. Like my father would never fly places. We would always drive. So I, I wouldn't say it was hot rodding, but we were always around vehicles. And like my dad was very into his cars um, growing up. He always, you know, made sure they were nice and clean and waxed and ready. Um, no, sh no show vehicles or anything like that, but just, you know, he, he took pride in his stuff. And um, as a, as a kid watching TV, I was always like, interested in like the stuff that i saw chip foos doing with overhaul in and i don't know if you guys had it in australia but there was like a tv show here called rides where they would feature like it was like a half hour an hour and they just feature like some build so like, i remember seeing like troy chapenier stuff on there and um that always just 
kind of stuck with me. I loved Hot Wheels. And when I got older, um, I wanted to be like Chip Foose. And he was always saying, Wyotech, Wyotech, Wyotech. So when I got old enough, I actually went to Wyotech. Um, so I've, I've just always been into cars and trucks. And um, in my early days, like when I was like 15, my first vehicles, I had Pontiacs. I was big into those. I always like to be different. Like my friends like Chevys. I like Pontiacs. Uh, my friends like C10s. I like F100s. So, yeah, fair enough. And uh, so, what what was the first truck you ever owned? Uh, so it was actually uh, it's a pretty funny story. So I I was uh, do you know what donks are? Yeah, I do. So I was a big donk photographer before I got into doing truck stuff, and so, uh, I was. At- so- most most of our listeners are not going to know what a donk is. Um, do you want to just give that an explanation? Because I'll get it wrong. But they're a they're a big yeah. like a Chevy sedan with massive wheels on them, from what I can see. Yeah. So a 1971 to 1976 Impala or Caprice or Biscayne, um, but those are like really rare. Uh, that's technically what a donk is, and they're you know usually on big wheels, 26s, 28s. Uh, a lot of people assume any old American vehicle vehicle on old you know big wheels is a donk but not really big into that scene and i uh i was at a shop taking photos of a donk and they had this truck parked outside and it was like the paint was coming off of it and i've never seen a truck like it it had the cab and the bed put together like a ute but it was in america and i asked the guy i'm like what is this he's like oh that's a 1961 f100 they call those a unibody they put the cab and bed together to save money. I just brought this truck over from Indiana. My dad uh, grew up right next door to this thing. It was a Texaco gas station service truck. You know, they've just, I don't know what they would use it for, but they would go run things with it. And uh, I was like, what's, you know, what you sell it? And he said, yeah. And uh, I was about 65 miles home. I was with my brother. So my brother drove home my regular car and I drove home the truck. So my first truck was a 1961 F100 long bed. It had the inline six and a three on the tree. And I remember I thought it was automatic. And uh, I get in the truck and the guy, I'm like, why is there three pedals if it's an automatic? And uh, he starts laughing and I knew how to drive stick, but I never, I never even knew about three on the tree. So he gave me a little lesson and I got it home. And uh, because I was young and stupid, I think I was like 18 or 19. I was like, oh, I need to cut this thing up. And I didn't really know anything at the time. I, I didn't know about Crown Vic swaps. I didn't know anything. I knew hot rodding. So I was like, all right, we need to do a Mustang two front suspension. I need to make my own four link. And I took the whole truck apart and then never put it back together because I was like way in over my head. And then I ended up buying a short bed unibody that did run and drive because I, I just fell in love with unibodies. They were my and still are my favorite trucks. And, uh, that's actually why I started Unibody Union before Ford era. I don't know if you knew that, but Unibodies was just always my favorite. So then I got a short bed and then I kept a long bed for a long time. Just the body was sitting on a cart in my backyard. And I think the city started giving me problems. I had so many trucks in my backyard and I was like, all right, some of these have to go. So I ended up cutting up the long bed and I kind of regret it now. because it was the first truck I had and I literally cut it in pieces, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're pretty pretty hard to find here in Australia, that's for sure. And, and I know there's going to be quite a few of our listeners that'll be quite jealous that you stumbled on a unibody as your first truck. So that's that's entertaining. It's funny that the talking about the donk. 
I don't know if you use it as a slang word in America, but for us in Australia, you talk about the engine in a car, we call it the donk. Is that really? something you guys do? Yeah. No, I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, it's probably a bit old school. I don't think they do it too much anymore. But, you know, you'd say to someone, oh, what donk you got in that? You know, like you're asking what is the engine. So, yeah. Bit of a different so thing. Say, yeah. It was the reason why they, I think they call them a donk. They say there's two different reasons. So, one, it was an Impala. And some people, I guess, confuse the Impala logo, which is an Impala, which is like a dare with a like a horse or a donkey. And somebody else told me that it's because they uh, they always have a lot of music in the trunk. So it's just got like a lot of beat in its butt. And, you know, some guys call girls with big butts. Hey, look at that donk. Same thing. <laughs> right. So yeah. I don't know what the real reason is, but those are two of the ones that I've heard a lot. Yeah. So, so effectively, you know, you went to Wyotech. I'm assuming you would have done, you know, fabrication, hot rod stuff there. But you, I think I'd be right in saying you're a professional photographer. How did, did you actually end up working fabricating or what got you into the photography side of things? Um, so I dropped out of high school when I was 15 and just, I was good at building websites and doing graphic design. So that's what I was doing. And I, I had um, my Firebird at the time. And uh, me and my friends, we had like a little classic car club uh, that was actually called Bandits. And I had a Firebird. One of my friends had an El Camino. Another one had a Camaro. And these were all like, you know, late 70s, early 80s cars. And we would go to car shows and we'd have like the raggediest crap, you know, like nobody wanted to park next to us. It was just a bunch of like literally 15 year old kids. But to us being 15, we had a thousand dollar shit box, but it was the coolest shit box in the world because it was mine. And um, I remember I was at a car show and I saw like a whole group of donks and I'd never seen them before. And I went over and I introduced myself and then I saw all of them had a sticker from a car club. So when I went home, I Googled them because this is like before Facebook and Instagram. So I Googled them and I see their website and their website was kind of trash. So I uh, next car show I went to, I saw them there and I introduced myself to the president and I said, hey, I really like what you guys are doing, but your website kind of isn't the greatest. I build websites. Let me build you a website. So the guy said, yeah, you should. All right. So I start building a website and I'm like, I need photos. So he's like, I don't have any. Can you just follow us around and take pictures? I'm like, I don't have a camera. So he bought me a camera and I would just follow them around. You know, every Sunday night we would meet up at like uh, over here. It's called Sonic's like a drive-in type um, restaurant. And then, you know, just go to different cruises. And I would just follow them around and take pictures. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I started getting more and more into that scene because I was more into the muscle car stuff before. Then I started getting a little bit into the donk stuff. And um, it was just a lot of fun. And then an online, um, a print magazine asked me if I could give them some of my photos that they could use on their website. And I was so happy. So I gave it to them. And I just was taking pictures for a long time for free. But I always wanted to become... A fabricator and a designer so when i went to wyotech i never i didn't have plans of being a photographer after that but by the time i went to wyotech i was already starting to get paid for photography so like on my off days i would be doing photo shoots and just to you know have some extra money while i'm in college and i was i i, I ended up becoming the president of that car club the one that i built the website for and one of the things that we do as a car club is we try to get better deals from companies so one of the companies uh, a new wheel company opened up based in miami 
So I, one of my friends I knew knew the owner, so I had him introduce me, and I asked the guy if he could give me some good deals, and I'd get a bunch of my members to buy his wheels. So he agreed, and he gave me, you know, the price sheet, and I sold like a bunch of wheels for him, and then I did photo shoots with all the vehicles and gave it to him, and he was really impressed because I was like a 19 year old kid and just sold like a hundred thousand dollars worth of wheels for him in not a lot of time. So he was begging me to come work for him, but I was still in college. So I finished WyoTech. I graduated my first thing. So like the way that WyoTech is set up, like you have um, like your main core program. So for me, that was uh, paint, body, and refinishing. And then you have your specialty programs. So you have to do at least one core and one specialty. That's the main part. So my, spe my first specialty was um, uh, sheet metal and hot rod fabrication, like custom painting. And I was going to do a few more, but he really wanted to hire me. So I graduated uh, September 1st, and he hired me September 3rd. And then I worked for him for a little bit. I was the marketing director um, for Amani Forged Wheels right when they started. Then I was there for about four months, and I was really young and didn't know what I was doing. And the boss was also kind of young and didn't really want to tolerate me. So... I, and he separated. I ended up working for other wheel companies over the years. Then I got into uh, real estate photography. I did that for a, a while. And then my buddy, Mike Alexander, became the editor of F100 Builder's Guide. And I'm skipping through other things like starting Unibody Union, Ford Era, but this is like my photography story. It, it, and then so my buddy, Mike, became the editor of F100 Builder's Guide. And the first issue was done by a former editor whose name is Kevin uh, Aguilar. He's the one who does Fuelish now. And uh, so he did the first issue, and it was amazing. So I subscribed, then I got the second issue, and Mike was the guy at the time. And I felt like he didn't really know the cool trucks to feature. So I hit him up, and I was like, hey, I got the new issue, and um, I think you did a pretty good job, but you could have done better. If you want, I could introduce you to all the cool guys because I ran Ford Era. All the guys would send me messages and tell me about all the trucks and stuff that they're doing. And um, he was like, yeah, absolutely. And then he asked me if I could uh, – if he asked to feature me and my buddy Simi as Unibody Union. I did that. And then I ended up taking one or two other photo shoots for this third issue. And he got me hooked back into automotive photography. But it was fun again because it was like the trucks that I was into. I was taking photos with my friends. It was a great time. And then I did the fourth issue. And then the fifth issue, he's like, hey, you know, you're really kicking butt. Let me bring you on as tech editor and head photographer. And uh, I did that. I became the head guy for the F100 Builder's Guide. And then it's owned by Street Trucks Magazine. So they saw that I was doing a really good job with F100. So they asked me if I could start doing some photos and tech for Street Trucks. So I did that. I did a whole bunch of stuff with them. And then fast forward a couple of years, uh, COVID hit, everything slowed down. There was no more shows and they were forlowing everybody. So the magazine forlowed me. And I, at the same time, was like, I need to take Ford ever more seriously. So I doubled down, got gold dust, got out of the magazine stuff and kind of took Ford ever more seriously. Um, but that skips a lot of the story of the mm -hmm. Ford era story. So I'm sure you're going to want to rewind and ask some other questions. Yeah. You've done a lot of stuff in your time, you know, you're like, what, you're only 27, right? Correct. Yeah. So you, you've, you've packed it in. And 
what what's impressive from that story for me is that you you haven't intentionally gone out to become this photographer for magazines it's kind of happened but at the same time you've put your hand up each time and put yourself into the position you know like you you turn up at a car show and and look at a guy's website and say look i think your website shit i can do better and you're backing yourself and then you're going ahead and doing stuff and it's just opening doors for you so that's that's pretty cool man and what's funny i didn't mention it but my my current like real job, I'm actually the marketing director for Amani Forged Wheels again. So about a year ago, um, I was talking to the owner because we were still friends, even though I didn't work for him. And he's like, hey, I really, you know, I need someone to come back on. So I came back on. So now I, we actually have nine wheel companies. In 2013, he had one. Now he has nine. So I market, I do all the marketing, all the, you know, all that kind of stuff for all the brands. So it's pretty funny that it went full circle from like my first real job is also my current real job. Yeah, yeah, doing a lot of stuff. So, I guess, I guess a lot of the stuff that you do do, like the Ford Era Unibody Union, it's all sort of Instagram based. So, tell us a bit of a story about, you know, a lot of the guys I think that listen to my podcast here in Australia, they're probably not all of them, but there's a lot of the older generation. You know, they're probably forty plus that are building old trucks and. And for these guys, Facebook's probably their main social media and, and Instagram, whilst it's not new, is certainly more popular with, I think, a, the younger generation. Um, you know, what what was your sort of story? How did you end up doing the Unibody Union thing in Ford Era and, and how did all that happen? So uh, it's funny that you say that because I'm actually more of a Facebook guy than an Instagram guy. Nowadays, you would say I'm an Instagram guy because my Instagrams are big and famous, but I spend way much, I spend way more time on Facebook. So Unibody Union um, started out because I bought that my first truck was a Unibody. And there was a bunch of C10 pages and you could get ideas and see cool stuff that the C10 guys are doing, but there was none for Ford trucks and definitely none for Unibodies. And I was thinking small in the beginning. I was like, let me just do unibodies. So I started Unibody Union just for fun. And I would, you know, find pictures on Google or on Facebook. And I'd, I'd share them on the Instagram and Facebook. And I started a Facebook group as well. And we actually have a bunch of Aussies on there. I know pretty much every Aussie who has a unibody. And you guys have one of my favorite unibodies is actually in Sydney. So I would I was just doing that and people would always ask me to post their non unibody Ford trucks and I was like no we only post 61 to 63 F100s you know that that's it but it's a badass bump side or it's a badass dent side or whatever it is and after a while like enough people were asking me I'm like maybe you know I should make something else so Ford era started you know Ford era was in the beginning it was 1947 to 1979 um Ford trucks and now I do 1947 to 1997. And I think I'm probably going to probably push that up to 2003 soon. Um, just because I started liking the new, like, I've always liked the the second gen lightnings, but I just see more and more and more of them now. And um, I just was always posting, you know, I was in college, I was playing around, I had all the time in the world to just post pictures all day. And I never thought it was going to turn into anything. It was just fun. You know, like, I'd see a badass truck, I'd post a picture of it. And um after doing all these different things, uh, I I would just keep doing it, and I just stayed consistent posting. And in the early days, I'd probably post ten pictures a day. Now, I'm lucky to post two a day. Like I really try hard to post two or three a day, but 
if I post one a day, I'm happy in all honesty. And it kind of, it didn't turn into a business, but I would want to make merch. So like, you know, what I'm wearing now or look different stuff. And I started that with Unibody Union. I started with the front and the back of the things and I kind of just expanded it into um, you know, every single year front and rear of a Ford truck from 1947 to 1990, 1948 to 97, I have, you know, uh, either a sticker, t-shirt, hoodie, hat, all these different stuff that I made. And it's not super profitable. Like I can't pay bills off of it, but it's cool that it kind of helps further me spending money on my trucks. So like my wife lets me spend all my like Ford era money on my trucks. It doesn't have to go towards bills which is fun. So that's one plus. And then because I was in the magazine, I kind of learned a lot of the industry stuff. Like the hardest thing for manufacturers is like finding companies and people to genuinely install and talk about their products and like use it. So a lot of companies work with me on different trucks that I have and just kind of be able to put them together. So now I've got way too many trucks with way too many parts and not enough time but eventually I'll have a whole bunch of trucks. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. You got plenty of time, man. So, so I'm really interested to talk to you about gold dust because I'm, I'm putting a 12 valve Cummins in, in that Chev and, uh, nice. Yeah. So I know, so gold dust, it's, is it a 70? It is. Yeah. So 70, it's a crew cab, uh, four wheel drive and it's a, it's just a body swap onto a, a Dodge Ram chassis, is that right? That is correct. So it's a 70 F250 crew cab short bed, F25 um, fin number for the guys that care about that. And it's been full chassis swath with a 96 Dodge Ram 2500. Um, it was actually done by uh, Jimmy over at Old Iron Diesel. He's in Idaho. I, I, I didn't build a truck. I bought it. But you know, since I've got it, I've done a lot of stuff to it. But I don't claim the original build. But I love it. I mean, the 12 valve is one of the like most recognizable sounds in the world to me. And it just like it embodies truck. And a lot of guys give me grief because it's not a power stroke. And I just tell them Cummins isn't Dodge. You know, the F650 had a 5.9 12 valve. But I daily drive it. I mean, it's it's awesome. I've just been upgrading it and just making it better and better and better. Um, so it's really just been a blast. Yeah, and so ninety six—that's a P pump, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. And I mean, you put you put big Ks on that, like you said earlier that you uh, well, you put big miles on it, I suppose. But you said that you you know you grew up doing a lot of road trips, and and I'm pretty similar. I'll I'll get in my car and do a twenty hour round trip just to pick something up. So, um, you know, that thing just purrs all day long, and you get good fuel mileage out of it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So like the truck was, I don't know, I'm I'm not good at kilometers. I'm just going to talk in miles and you could translate yeah, them we can for work me. It out. Yeah. But uh I I saw the truck on Facebook Marketplace for a long time. Like it was for sale for a long time. And nobody wanted to touch it cuz it was a full chassis swap, not just a motor swap and a couple of the guys that are like purists in the crew cab stuff were talking a bunch of crap about the truck. And uh, I never paid it any attention. And then one day I just, I was like, hey, let me just click the link and see what it is. So I click it and uh, I'm like, okay, it's pretty cool. So I messaged the guy just kind of for shits and giggles. Hey, you know, what would you actually take for the truck? Like, you're not going to get what you want. Not in a rude way, but like, you're not getting what mm -hmm. you want. It's been for sale for a while. And then he gave me the number and I was like, yeah, I can't do that, but I can give you 20 grand. 
And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. All right. So time goes by. Every couple of weeks, he'd send me a message and drop the price $5,000. And uh, after a while, he was at 30 and I was at 20. And he's like, all right, come on, you're almost there. And I'm like, eh, can't do it. I'll do 25, top dollar. And uh, he said, no. A few weeks later, he called me back. All right, I'll do the 25. So then I knew Jimmy built the truck. So I contacted Jimmy and I was like, hey, can you just tell me about the truck? Is it a pile? Like, I don't know what I'm getting into. This truck is 3,000 miles away. I can't go inspect it. He's like, well, I haven't seen the truck in a couple of years, but the guy only lives 20 minutes away from me. Have him bring the truck back to the shop. I'll charge you a couple hundred bucks and I'll just do an inspection. I'll look over the entire truck, tell you everything that's wrong with it and uh, just go from there. And I said, no problem. So I told the guy, I'm like, hey, I'll pay for it. I just, I need to know what I'm getting into. So he took the truck over there. Jimmy looked over the entire truck and there was a bunch of like, not things wrong with it, but maintenance, you know? So like it needed new tires. It had some leaking. Uh, the air condition needed to be charged. The mirrors were broken. You had to put new mirrors, the lights, you know, like he just went through the whole truck, made sure that it would do a 3,000 mile road trip home. And uh, me and my best friend flew in. So we flew Miami to Idaho and uh, we had a, a week long road trip back to Miami and it was a blast. I mean, we just stopped into a bunch of friends and shops and hung out and I actually made a full YouTube series of doing it. So if you go to my YouTube channel, Ford Era, you can kind of literally see it from the second that I got on the plane uh, to when I got the truck and the whole road trip home. And I had literally no issues. The only thing, my uh, AC evaporator got a hole in it. So I lost air conditioning about halfway through, but it wasn't that hot that time of year yet. So it was, it was good. And ever since then, I mean, knock on some wood somewhere, I haven't had any actual issues, just maintenance. Yeah. And it, the thing I love about it is that it still looks stock. Like it's, you haven't really done any massive modifications to it. Like, I mean, I, I haven't seen a stock one, so I'm probably talking out of my ass a little bit, but you know, it's, no, most it's got, people, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's got hubcaps on it. Like it's, it doesn't have a ridiculous set of rims on it. You know, like it, if you didn't know what it was and it was just parked in, in a car park, you know, you just go, oh, there's a stock, you know, maybe a bit lifted. But it yeah, yeah, that's right. And I know, I think that. You know, I, I love a slam truck. I love patina, you know, all sorts of stuff. But you really can appreciate something that, that just looks fairly original, like, because it's harder and harder to find that sort of thing these days. Well, it's, I'm sorry to hear you say that because I'm about to do a whole bunch of stuff to the truck <laughs> to make it look not, not original. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's your, <laughs> it's your truck, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. I, I, when I got the truck, I knew that I wanted bigger tires. So I knew eventually I was going to lift it. Um, but I really just, I wanted to enjoy the truck as much as possible in every state of it. So the first thing I wanted to do was make it comfortable to drive. So I, I redid the interior. Uh, I put Dakota digital gauges in it. I did a, a retro sound radio and stereo. And then I put in the beginning, I put in a Mustang bucket seats out of like a 2018 Mustang GT. And uh, Fat Fender Garage makes brackets for that, but it wasn't the seats weren't so comfortable. So I ended up hopping on eBay and I bought a 2015 F-150 seat, like full interior, the seat, center console, everything. And I put that in there. So now the truck is like super duper comfortable, feels like you're in a brand new truck, you know, heated, cooled seats, lumbar support, all that jazz. So now I got the comfort 
I want to make it look better and put bigger tires. So that's what I really wanted to do was always put 35s. So I got a set of Detroit steel wheels, 20s by 12. I'm going to put it on 37s. I got a four and a half inch BDS suspension lift kit. And uh, I'm going to still keep the stock caps, but just with the Detroit. So it'll still have the same idea. Um, but eventually I'm going to be putting uh, different wheels on. I'm starting my own wheel company. So I'm going to put my own wheels on it, but they're going to have a very classy vintage look. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's, you know, you'd know Del Yushchenko, no doubt from all your work. And, you know, you look at the stuff that he's done in the past and now, especially with the, the new four wheel drive arm that he's putting out, you know, I, I think that the classic, even though, you know, they're not the original rim, but they look that style, you know, I, I think it's just classic and it, it really looks good on those trucks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, my idea is very similar to what Dell was doing, but he's, he's a Chevy guy. I'm, I'm the Ford guy. So same, similar concept, but imagine Ford hubcaps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Well, we could talk about your trucks for about a hundred years. I think, um, You've got another one in the build at the moment, Oscar the Bumps. Tell us a bit about Oscar. So Oscar came about because I was in the magazine. Uh, so Oscar is a 1972 F100 uh, short bed with beautiful patina. So I was editor, tech editor for F100 Builder's Guide, and QA1 came out with their new suspension, the front and rear kits for the F100s, and they wanted to do a tech article. So someone had to have one of these trucks. So I went on the look and I always wanted one. Uh, at this time, all I had was unibodies. So I was like, oh, you know, a unibody is cool, but they're actually kind of tight. Bump sides have a lot more space. So I went and I started looking and one of my buddies, Gabriel, he runs uh, Instagram, it's called Rabid uh, Customs. Back then it was Rabid Muscle Cars. And he lives in like the middle of the sticks in Georgia. And he just finds barn finds all day, every day. So I told him, keep an eye out. I told him my budget. I'm like, I want a truck with like really, really heavy patina, but I don't need a motor. I don't need a transmission. I don't really need a frame. I just need, actually, I didn't need a frame, but I just need a good truck. So he found me the truck. I went up, got it, uh, started a QA1 suspension, did that. I did a full powder coated frame with the prismatic powders, did uh, bare brakes, 14 inch six piston front and rear. And then the truck uh, is at Evolutionary Rides. They're about three and a half, four hours north of me. They specialize in restoring old trucks. And uh, they they make bed floors, like complete bed floors. And my truck had a shot bed floor. So I brought it over there for them to do the bed floor. And then he ended up wanting to do a little bit more work on it. So it's just over there. And then when I got my, my first kid, uh, she's a year and a year old now, a little bit older than a year. Uh, I was like, all right, I need a bigger truck. So then I got gold dust and I kind of lost interest in Oscar because it's a single cab. So I can't really fit her in it with my wife. And so I was like, just the truck's kind of just been sitting stagnant because I need trucks that I could have at least four seats in. Um, but I actually really want to get back to it. I, I need to reinstall the rear suspension now that it's been powder coated and then the truck will be a roller. Uh, and then, you know, just keep working on it and bring it down to my warehouse over here. Cause at the time I didn't have my own shop. Now I have my own shop. So I, I need to get back to working on it for sure. But it's just kind of sitting at his shop and, you know, 
couple of pieces, waiting for someone to give it a little bit of love. Yeah, yeah, you you're in that sort of enviable position, and it's pretty similar to we had uh, Kevin Whips on not too long ago, and we had a chat about you know his books that he was writing, and you know you you legitimately can buy a vehicle for work because you need to do a tech article on that suspension. You know, you've kind of got that. I don't know whether the wife's on board with everything, but you're like, look, I have to buy this thing anyway because I have to do a tech article for the F100 Builders Guide. So, you know, it's work. And uh, I wish I could pull that one over my wife. Yeah. And I mean, the truck would have kept progressing if I was still with the magazine. Um, I mean, that's the main reason why nothing's happening with it is because of that. And I had so many different trucks that I had to get because of the magazine and do different articles on. So I've got like a whole bunch of trucks that have like a few nice parts on it. Some things are done, but then I left it alone because I didn't have anything else to do to it. So like I've literally at my shop, I've got 11 of my trucks sitting here and uh, all of them are, have a few things that are really cool about it, but then it needs so much more. And then just like Kevin, I'm, I'm actually about to author a book for the same company that Kevin authored a book for. So I'm going to be doing uh, how to build and modify 67 to 72 F100s. So actually I'm going to be starting another short bed bump side not oscar because i already started oscar so i have to do a different one so i just bought the truck and that one's going to be fun but that one i have a, a deadline so that that's actually going to be a really fast project hopefully like i need to have it done within a year yeah that's cool cool well you know i i was saying to you earlier i, I hosted a podcast for a year or so um that was a, a metalworking sculpture podcast and and that sort of still exists but i haven't done anything for a long time and and then i got more and more into you know building my chev and and i found uh c10 talk ronnie wetch's podcast there in america and and so i was listening to that and really enjoying it and i'd, I'd really i kind of i enjoyed doing the podcasts and interviewing all these sculpture artists around the world and and i got to a point where i was like i kind of miss doing that you know there's nothing in australia that that was dealing with especially trucks you know we have some automotive podcasts here so i thought oh, i'm just gonna have a go at this and and start a new podcast so i started this podcast and and that was really fun i actually caught up with ronnie a couple of years ago over there at um in the states at dino's and and had a good chat to him and and yeah and as you said uh your mate Devin started f100 talk you know quite a few years ago so tell us a bit about the story for you i mean you know the the C10 Talk is a chef podcast, and it's it had been going for quite a few years, and and I don't know that there was much going on for Ford. Devin started it, and uh, you know he he put a few episodes out earlier, and then it, it got quite static, and and they were only coming out every now and then. And and were you listening to it from the start, and and how did you get involved? So Devin and a good buddy of mine, he started it. It was F100 Nation podcast in the beginning, and. He would, you know, he was into F100, so he would put him out. But in the beginning, he was very good at being consistent. And then over time, life gets in the way. You start getting less consistent. And the hardest thing about podcasting is you you need the consistency because the people are wanting to hear stuff. You know, like I'm sure if you skip a week, your audience emails you like, hey, where the hell are you? And then he kind of just was hit or miss because he had a lot of real obligations and podcasting doesn't really pay the bills. It's more just for fun and you get to meet a bunch of people. And he had me on as a guest and I had a fun time doing it. And then 
I never really thought much about it after that. He would just kept doing his thing whenever he would. And at the same time, I started becoming really good friends with Ronnie. Um, when I was starting to do stuff with street trucks, I was always out in the West Coast. So I got to know Ronnie pretty well, and he had me on uh, C10 Talk. And uh, I had a really fun time. I ended up, uh, I guess my episode was the best one for 2019 because I won his best podcasting. And then I, when COVID started, I hit up Devin. No, right before COVID, like in October 19, I hit up Devin. I was like, dude, like, why aren't you taking the podcast seriously? You need to be. He's like, well, I don't really, you know, have any drive. And I'm like, well, what about we, I'll become a co-host of yours and I'll kind of put the foot to your butt. And that way you have to do it. Cause like I'm here, we have to do something. So we did that and we interviewed Mike Alexander, who was the editor for F100 Builder's Guide, my one of my best friends, my mentor, and just a badass. So we did it. We did like, I think that was the only one. And then again, like six months went by and nothing because my schedule got busy, his schedule got busy. Yeah. And then COVID hit and it was like February or March. And I hit up Devin. I'm like, dude, everybody and their mom is home right now. We should take advantage of that and let's record... If we could record 100 episodes, let's just record 100 episodes, and then you could just put them out every once in a while, and that way we're consistent. And uh, that's exactly what we did. So then, so when I got on board, we did, it was the Ford Era F100 Nation podcast. And then we interviewed Ronnie as one of the guests. I was like, hey, we should, we should just have him on. It'll be fun. So I interviewed Ronnie. And then after the interview, Ronnie was like, hey, I, uh, I've actually been thinking about branching out, not just doing C10s. He started OBS talk and he's like, I want to do F100 talk. Would you consider, um, leaving Devin's podcast and starting a podcast with me? And I said, you know, if you would have asked me before I did this with Devin, I would have said, absolutely, but I'm a loyal person. I'm going to stick with Devin. Uh, but let me ask Devin if he would be interested in maybe having you come on and making it more legit. And, uh, we, did a bunch of talking. Devin and um, Ronnie did negotiating because I, I didn't have any ownership in, in the podcast. And then uh, Ronnie ended up buying the podcast off Devin and changing it to F100 Talk, which was pretty cool. And then we had Devin on. the In the beginning, he was you know the co-host just like me. And then beginning of 2021, he got a lot of stuff in life just busy. You know, His work started becoming really good again. And uh, so he's still part of the podcast, just not as strong. So now I'm more of the, uh, I think Ronnie calls me the creative director and I'm the like head podcaster. And then we got Craig Hazeman who runs Ford F100 World on Facebook. He's another co-host and uh, we've just been going strong. You know, we try to put out a podcast every other Monday. And then uh, now I think we're going to be doing three in a row just to catch up because we, the new year kind of messed us up. Um, but we try to put one out every other Monday. So we did, we did some good ones recently. We had, we just had the guys on from Gateway Performance, Lonnie and Jason Childress. They're on the last episode that came out on Monday. Prior to that, I sat down with Aaron Kaufman. Prior to that, we had Lone Star Throwdown coverage. Prior to that, we did Big Willie Davis, who did uh, El Diablo, the bump side. Um, so we've we've got some pretty good ones. I'm just excited. I I like doing it. I like. I like talking as you, all your listeners can obviously hear and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you do podcasting. It's just fun. Like, you know, 
Yeah, and it's it's really cool to hear the stories. Like I listen to I listen to some automotive podcasts that are about cars I don't even give a shit about. But it's just you know, we're all sort of doing the same thing, but we're just using a different vehicle to do it on, you know, like if you've got a Ford or a Chev or a Dodge or whatever it is and you want to do an engine swap, you know, like whether you're putting an LS or a small block or you're putting a Hemi in there, like you're doing an engine swap. So a lot of the passion of what you talk about and a lot of things you actually do, it all crosses over. I mean, if you can take your blinkers off and not be just a dyed in the wool, you know, blue oval or a Chevy guy or whatever and just appreciate vehicles and, and keeping old vehicles alive, I think it's really cool. I got a lot out of that last podcast, um, you know, the guys with the the monster trucks and Bigfoot and stuff. I was like, that's so cool because, I mean, I've never seen a monster truck. You know, I've seen them on TV and all that sort of stuff, and, and it's wild. And just to listen to two guys that drove them professionally talking about it, like, that was a really interesting podcast. I mean, I'm never going to go and build a monster truck, but I got a lot out of it, you know? Yeah, it's really cool. Those guys are great. Like, they're big in the Ford truck world, you know, like uh, they've just been involved forever. And I met them at SEMA two, I think 2018. And uh, I actually photographed two trucks, two Fords that they brought. They, I put them on the cover of the builder's guide at the time. And uh, we just became really good friends on my road trip with Goldust. When I bought it, I stopped in to visit them in St. Louis and checked out their place. And it's uh, they're really, really passionate. Like I see them at all the all the big truck shows. They're out there, you know, with their trucks and they're selling their suspension and stuff. And they make some really quality stuff. Yeah, it's great. And you know, obviously, the opportunity to have Aaron Kaufman on the podcast was great for you. I mean, every listener to this podcast, I'm sure, has you know watched a bit of Gas Monkey in the past. And and I think a lot of us were probably sad when uh, Aaron left and and then started ArcLight, and he's been doing some cool stuff since then. But it was cool to hear it all from his side of things you know like you you kind of make assumptions or you you hear stuff uh online and and read stuff about what happened and all that sort of thing but yeah it was good to hear it from his mouth and he's a cool guy yeah i i really like the guy i mean i've known him since i started unibody union because he's a unibody guy mm. and uh right in the beginning him and jonathan mansour who's his best friend and partner over at arclight uh jonathan also has a unibody so I just got to know them way back then. I remember I sent them some merch and uh, I remember I thought it was the coolest thing ever because Aaron wore it on the TV show and uh, he had like my t-shirt on or something. I just, I lost it. And then we've just been really cool since, you know, I message him every once in a while and, you know, uh, I saw him out at LST and I've been wanting to get him on the podcast. So when I saw him at LST, we were chatting and he's like, hey, if you have a chance, like come through Dallas on your way back to Miami because I, I drove out there. And uh, that's exactly what I did. So we got him on. And I think it, it was really cool getting uh, getting his story out there. A lot of people, like you said, they made assumptions. Mm. And um, it was just time for a change, I guess. And uh, a lot of people now kind of were upset because he was so far ahead of the curve for the Ford truck suspension stuff. And now he, you know, not that he's behind it. He just had so many other opportunities and he didn't want to not take advantage of them. So he kind of didn't put out all the stuff like he wanted to right then but i'm so excited that now he's really going to start to uh kick ass and bring all that stuff back yeah yeah i found it really really tricky here in australia because we're limited to a lot of the stuff that we can watch that you have there in the states you know like because of the vpns and all that sort of thing you know i even motor trend on demand i 
I have a, an Australian subscription to Motor Trend, but I can only watch the original Motor Trend series. I can't watch other series that are on there, which is frustrating. And, you know, like, really? I think, yeah, I think Discovery took them over, did they? And yeah, so yeah. there's so much content on there that I, you know, like, I suppose I could go out and get a, a fake VPN for the States and, and get a new subscription and do all that stuff, but it's just a little bit you of don't a... Even have to do that. I'll give you my subscription. I don't think I've gone on there since Roadkill became the gay version of Roadkill. Yeah, yeah, since it all changed. <laughs> but, um, you know, stuff like that. And, and I know when, when he started the Arclight show, you know, I watched, I think the first one, they did a, an international scout and they did some really cool stuff with that. And I was really digging it. And then... And then I couldn't find it anywhere and I haven't been able to literally that's the only episode I've watched of his show and I don't know whether he's still doing much of it, but no, yeah, it's... he I think he did like five or six episodes. I watched all of them. They were very interesting. He just was building different race cars and enjoying mm. it. And it was very cool. Um he he stopped doing that. He said it just they didn't renew it. Then he did some other TV show. We didn't even talk about it, but I just I, I know it from talking to him. We did uh like uh working with Aaron Kaufman, he'd do different jobs. And then now he doesn't have any TV show. He's just working and trying to trying to actually work. You know, he I had no idea that he's like a super badass fabricator. I mean, I had an, a little bit of an idea, but until I went to his shop and saw the stuff that he physically does by himself, I'm like, whoa, that's like really cool. So, you know, he wants to just do that kind of stuff. And I think it's awesome. Mm. No, that's cool. Um, another thing I want to chat to you about was you've got a pretty unique vehicle there that you imported from argentina tell us a little bit of the story about that you know like it's i suppose you'd call it a ford version of suburban to look at but it's it's an yeah. old ambulance is that right yeah so it's a 1963 b100 and the b was for bus and it was uh so suburban chevy had the patent in the u.s so there was no companies that were allowed to make vehicles like the Suburban in the U.S. But out of the U.S., you can do whatever you want. So in Argentina, Brazil, and Mexico, they had different versions of these trucks. And uh, I have a 1963 version. So it's, it's a unibody. And it's like the holy grail of unibodies. So that uh, I originally saw the truck because the guy that owned it, Adrian, he followed me on Instagram and then was sending me pictures of it just to show it to me. And his dad bought it brand new. His dad had an ambulance service back in the day and he bought it brand new. They had it in the family. He gave it to him when he was 15 and he was like 40. So he hot rodded it, lowered it, you know, did a bunch of stuff to it and painted it, did all different things and enjoyed it. And uh, every, I right, you know, the first time he messaged me, I was like, would you sell it? No, it's been in the family my whole life. I'll never sell it. Okay, well, keep me in mind. And, you know, he every couple months send me some more pictures that I would post. And uh, every time he'd send me pictures, I'd be like, do you want to sell it? And he would say no. And then randomly last year, uh, no, not last year. Well, time flies like two years ago, I guess. He sends me a message and he's like, hey, I am considering buying a new house, which means I need to sell my truck. And he told me how much he needed for it and I couldn't afford it. And then I just forgot about it. A couple of weeks later, he messaged me like, "Hey, uh, have you seen how much the American or the American dollar, how strong it is over here right now?" And I didn't, so I did the conversion. And you know, the, he's like, "I still want the same amount of money in Argentinian." 
and you know our dollar just became stronger and i was like i still can't really afford it with the shipping and everything and uh like a month later he messaged me he's like hey check the exchange rate again because the prices are crazy right now and uh the exchange rate was literally like half of the amount of money that he originally wanted in american currency but for him it was still the same amount of money and he was happy yeah so then i bought the truck and uh i started the import process which is a complete nightmare and uh, ended up paying more money to import the truck than I did to buy the truck, which was three times more money than I was quoted. But it is what it is. Now that I have it here. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I haven't done too much with it just because it's such a real project. But I knew that it was the Holy Grail unibody and I was the unibody guy. And I, I just really I, I, I would kick myself forever if I didn't buy the truck. And a lot of people keep asking me, why don't I do anything with it? And it's just I, I have. A bunch of parts that i'm putting together i just haven't had the time to start it yet and i kind of want to get gold dust to where i i want it before i start the b100 so yeah but it's it's pretty trick and i'm sure uh you're gonna post up pictures of this i'll send yeah. you pictures of all my different stuff or you could you could find them and then people could kind of see what i'm talking about yeah yeah it's super unique it's really cool you know i always look at you know your 56 f100 panel trucks and and i always think it'd be really cool to get one of those and just cut cut some windows and do it professionally but turn them into like a suburban style but that makes sense what you're saying that chevy had i don't know how you can patent a body style but that's really frustrating i suppose for the other brands that they couldn't do that stuff yeah and uh it, it was weird and then my like my generation 61 to 66 was only in Argentina and Brazil, never in Mexico, because the dense sides, the 73 to 79 are in Mexico, and those are much easier to bring over. So mine, I'm like the only, I, I haven't found another, and according to the import records, I'm the only person to ever import one. And then the guy that I got it from, his father had two of them, so he still has the other one. And he's like telling me every, every time I talk to him, he's like, if you want it, you can buy it, but I already have one. I don't need two. Yeah. Yeah, and you're um you're preaching to the converted on this podcast about importing being a pain in the ass because probably half of our listeners have imported a vehicle from the states to Australia. So, you know, it, it really is a a headache. I I just bought a forty eight F one uh, from a guy out in Kiani in Nebraska, and it cost me more to ship the truck from nebraska to la to ship it back than it did what i paid for the truck in the first place and then i've got to pay almost double that again to ship it back here to australia so you know it's you guys have got a pretty good most of the time right yeah majority of the time it just it becomes when you become the guy like me where it's like you want to chase the rarest so like i this was the second truck i imported i had a 1961 uh mercury m100 unibody which do you know anything about the Mercury trucks or not really? Yeah, they're Canadian built trucks, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I got that truck and I had to import it from Saskatchewan. And that was pretty straightforward. I mean, but that's, you know, a, a border, you know, a northern border. It's right there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the VIN numbers were similar to the American VIN numbers. And, but this one from Argentina, I mean, it was just so difficult. Argentina doesn't want their old vehicles to leave the country. That's main problem they want to keep it there because it's history yeah uh, so it was like really 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 difficult and annoying and now it's here but i wouldn't uh i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, cool. That's really good, man. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up just for our listeners to, you know, you guys, you do a fair bit of YouTube stuff. And, and like you said, your YouTube channel, I think it's Ford Era. And you do a little series called What the Truck. Tell us a bit about that because I really enjoy those videos. So I started, I started Ford Era YouTube channel and I, I thought it was going to just be about me building my trucks. And I didn't, at the time I was with the magazine and I was freelance. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And then I started talking with the, my former boss who ended up hiring me again. So I didn't have as much time to just work on my truck. So I wanted to still put out videos and not disappoint people. So I decided, let me do a, what the truck. Cause if you actually watch my earlier videos in Ford era, like on my road trips, I would stop in and visit buddies and I would basically do a what the truck video, but I didn't call it that. And um, I, everybody was always like really happy whenever I would stop into a shop and I would basically do a what the truck with some truck there. So I, I, I realized that and I was like, okay, let me make this its own little segment. And that way I kind of have filler content in between me working on my own vehicles because I might not have time. And uh, I did that, but then it actually kind of took off a little bit more than the regular stuff of me working on my truck. And it hasn't taken off by any means. I mean, I've got, you know, not a lot of followers, but it, um, to me, it's not really about that. I think it's really cool to document all this stuff. And I hope one day, now I have a son, I hope one day he's going to be able to go on YouTube and be like, oh man, look at my dad and all the stupid things he used to do, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's just been fun. But the What the Truck stuff is is my version of a magazine article. You know, like I would go out there, I would take all these pictures and, you know, somebody would write up a nice article and you'd read it, but you would only read what the other person is translating. And mine is just raw. Like I don't really do any editing. The person from the, from when I start recording until after the person's finished talking, like it's pretty much exactly what they said. Uh, I don't cut it out. It's in their own words. They kind of tell you their story and it's cool. You know, they could just tell you about their truck. And some of the videos are really long because the people have a lot of uh, a lot of attachment or a lot of different stuff with it. And then some of the videos are shorter, but they're all cool. I, each truck is so different that like I could probably put out every day a what the truck if I had enough time and enough trucks to do. But like there's so many different types of trucks. Like I go to F100 Grand Nationals and there's a thousand Ford trucks. You know, I could do a what the truck with every single one of those. So it's just kind of fun. And now every time I go somewhere, I make sure I bring my camera with me. And if I have the chance, I, I uh, record one. Yeah. Yeah. You could do it every day for the rest of your life and probably not get every truck, which is for pretty sure. impressive. Yeah. There's a guy here in Australia uh, who does a YouTube video series similar to that. And it's it's kind of off-road four-wheel drive stuff. And, and it's called Modified. And uh, his name's Ronnie Dahl. And he basically, yeah, he'll... You'll just catch up with someone who's built, uh, I guess, what you guys might call an e expedition vehicle or something. You know, just for you might yeah, be doing, a, yeah, you might be doing an overland trip around Australia or something. And so they've got the bed in there and the kitchen, and they've got all the winch gear, and and he does a video around that. And they're really cool. You know, someone who's building a four-wheel drive, you can sit there and have a good look at it. And and that's what I find cool about your videos is like just seeing how everyone's done things a little bit different. You know, like. You could line up a thousand slam slicks, you know, in a row, and they're kind of all the same, but they're all a bit different, you know. And and it's really interesting to hear all that stuff. So that's yeah. awesome, and, man. Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I was gonna say, and uh, 
what's what's different about this is I don't really polish the video at all. And I mean, my background is graphics and video and photos. So like I, I can make pretty, I mean, for my job, I make pretty turnkey, like really professional videos, but like, I kind of just wanted to make it raw. Like a regular person is looking at, like if I was coming to look at a truck and you're showing it to me, you know, like I, that's, that's my idea. And I, I now started doing like the drone video, but I still, it's basically like just a really raw video. So you could, see everything like i'm not just showing you the fanciest pieces like i'm showing you everything i remember i did one with roman uh who's keeping it classic he his uh 66 mercury and that thing is rusty 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 and uh you know the video he's like showing everybody like look you could put your hand straight through this rust hole and you know it's still my truck and i drive it every day and you know other people i go there and i'm like do you want to go for a ride he's like no i don't really want to drive it you know it's my show truck i'm like okay you know so different people enjoy their trucks differently and i like to show that so it's really different you know Mm -hmm. like you were saying your buddy ronnie he shows one specific type of vehicle and this one it's like i'll have a laid out truck i'll have a, a four by four i'll have a lightning i'll have i don't know just all different types of stuff and for me it keeps it fun and different like i'm i I put one out every single friday and uh the one that i'm putting out tomorrow is really funny and different and my i think it was my second what the truck was actually a chevy with a coyote motor in it (laughs) a bit different isn't it yeah cool all right well that's awesome and and you know like we're talking you know you're the host of f100 talk obviously ronnie's got the c10 talk um and he also now has a D100 talk, which is the a Dodge pickup truck podcast. So for my listeners that are listening and, and you know, if you're a Dodge fanatic, uh, that's a good podcast too to check out. They're obviously, um, they cover everything from first and second gen uh, Rams all the way back to the early stuff. And, and it's pretty cool. So uh, Ronnie, Ronnie's, Ronnie's putting together a nice little empire of um, truck stuff over there. And I, I think he's doing a, a great job. Yeah, he also started a, a Ford Bronco talk and a Pro Touring talk. So we got a little bit of everything. And I know he's got a few more that he wants to do. Uh, we're going to probably do an Aussie talk. And ch- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, he, he's definitely, uh, he, we, he started the Truck Talk Media Group. And I mean, I think it's a great idea because I like doing the talking. I don't like doing the editing. So he kind of handles the editing and uh, putting it out there and making it good. And all I got to do is just talk to a buddy. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. Last question I got for you. I can see on the shelf behind you, are they Rick the Dutch paintings? Oh, yeah. I love that guy. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I'll if you go on my page, you'll see them. So I have him make me one for every truck that I have. I just think it's really cool. You know, it's a little, I mean, you don't realize how tiny they are until you get one. But it's literally, it's four inches, it's four inches by four inches, and it's so detailed. It's yeah. ridiculous yeah. how, like, detailed it is. I'm going to screen, screenshot you right now. Where oh, the fuck's that button? <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really cool. I've, I don't know where I first, I, I messaged him about a year or two ago. There was one painting he put up on his Instagram, and it, it was just like a, I think it was a, 66 chevy or something like that and it was fully patinaed it looked amazing and and i i thought it was a big painting and i messaged him about it and yeah it was only like a six inch painting or something like that and i was blown away so it's pretty impressive yeah yeah and i i like it i mean 
if it was a big painting, I definitely couldn't afford it. These little ones are like ninety dollars. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's literally like he spent a couple days making this little painting, and he's a real artist, and I've got a piece of that, and I think it's really cool. Mm. Nah, it's awesome. All right, man. Well, awesome to have you on. Now, if guys want to follow your stuff, I guess you've got about 400 Instagrams that we can list off. <laughs> do you want to do, do, do you want to tell us uh, where we can have a look at your work? Yeah, so my personal Instagram is Solomon Lunger, and that's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-L-U-N-G-E-R. And that's where you'll see my trucks and my family. And then uh, the Ford Era is anything 47 to 97 Ford truck, uh, lifted, lowered, four by four, two wheel drive, F600, F100, whatever. And then Unibody Union, I kind of slack on. I try to post every day, but I don't. But if you like Unibodies, that's definitely the place to go. I mean, I've been posting Unibody trucks on there for, I don't know, more than five years. And uh, I think that's it. I mean, I, I, my photography one is Solomon underscore L, but I haven't posted on there in over a year. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Solomon Lunger and Ford Arrow is usually where you're going to catch me. Yep. And at F100 underscore talk for the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. That, that one's not one of my personal ones. That's why no. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. All right, man. Well, yeah, once again, thank you so much for your time. Um, any Aussies that have got a, a really cool truck, they can DM you some pictures, I guess. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm part of a Facebook group uh, of F100 or Australian F100s. And um, I actually really want to get a right-hand drive F100 over here one of these days. I, that's the thing that I'm jealous about you guys. So, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do a swap. There we go. I only yeah. I don't even need the whole truck. I just need the dashboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, that's what a lot of guys do here. That you know, like they, and I think I'm actually going to do that with this with this F1 I'm bringing over, because um, I have got a couple of cabs I can get my hands on. So, yeah, I'll um if I find a spare dash, I might let you know. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I like the the slick side and the bump side. Yeah. Problem is, they're so rare over here. We just want to keep them all and restore them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Cool. I, there's a guy here who has one. I, I saw him at a show. He's got a, it was supposed to go to Australia, but it never left. So it's just been here its whole life. And he put a 2JZ motor in it, and it's a right hand drive. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I When I was over there, I was doing a road trip and I was, I was looking for tubs for my Chevy truck. And I saw one in, in this, on this property, and I drove around and, kind of located the guy and and he was he had a i think it was a bronco or a scout i can't remember i think it might have been a scout but it was a right hand drive sitting there and i'm like what the hell what are you doing with a right hand drive truck but it had been a postal truck ah yeah so they i guess they're all right hand drive because our ones over here yep. are left hand drive so yeah that was interesting yeah that's really funny yeah cool oh man and well you, you have r34s which i'm jealous about oh yeah yeah i love those yeah r32s there are some cool cars all right brother all right it's been a pleasure man thank you thank you for having me on well that's the show for this week thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode all information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build please remember to rate and review the podcast on itunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on facebook itunes or the good old word of mouth i appreciate hearing feedback good and bad so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. 
If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.